0: You're listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang, founder of Moxie Club. When you're looking for lasting weight loss, join us here for the mindset you need, a dash of inspiration, and stories that will bring it all to life. Episode number six. Well, hey there, Amy here. How is everyone doing today? At the time of this recording, the coronavirus has spread to over 90 countries, and I live in the San Francisco Bay Area, and there are 3,500 people that are actually stuck on a cruise ship outside the San Francisco port waiting to be tested, so I am wishing them the very best and hope that... All they're going to have to deal with is being quarantined for two weeks. So at this point, it looks like the economy is taking quite a hit too, right? So the Dow Jones, NASDAQ, S&P are all down over 12% since their highs earlier this year. And clearly, there are quite a few folks who are reacting at this point due to fear and anxiety as opposed to responding based on facts. So the run on water, hand sanitizer, face masks, toilet paper, right? Those are a reaction to the idea that they may actually have to self-quarantine for 14 days. And all the event cancellations that have been made out of an abundance of caution are clearly based on fear and anxiety, not on the facts, right? This is not the abundance principle being applied. They are not in a state of abundance when they're making that decision. So let's take a step back and think about what we can do as individuals right now To actually respond Based on the facts After all This is The Happy and Healthy Podcast So let's talk About how we stay healthy So to protect Yourself and your loved ones The best things To do right now are Washing your hands frequently Wiping down Surfaces And avoid touching the T-zone of your face. So those are your eyes, your nose, and your mouth. And if you've been paying attention at all, um, you'll see that, well, touching your face is a habit that we all have that's really, really difficult to change. So clearly paying attention is what's going to make the difference here. And if you look at a habit, there's three parts to it. There's a trigger cue, there's the routine, and then there's a reward. So if you are trying to increase your awareness of touching your face, you might want to pay attention to things like allergies, dry eyes, even like the thinking pose that you assume. Because if you have allergies, for example, you're going to be far more likely to want to either rub your eyes or your nose, right? If you are able to observe yourself, as in record yourself, you might be able to identify what those cues are much, much more easily. (laughs) I was actually thinking about how funny it would be if you were with someone and you turned it into a drinking game. Every time you touch your face, you're going to have to have a shot. (laughs) You could go through a lot of tequila that way. I think Jimmy Fallon had someone on his staff hitting a buzzer every time he touched his face. So other ideas. And actually, there was a funny post on Facebook. I saw someone who put a cone of shame on an individual (laughs) as a way to stop the scratching. So uh, you could even try a full face snorkel mask, right? (laughs) Anyways, I digress. So. If you are trying to really minimize or mitigate your chances of catching this virus, then you're also going to want to be getting enough sleep and getting some exercise as well. And when you look at the risk factors for folks, heart disease, hypertension, diabetes, COPD, and cancer are some of the top risk factors along with age in looking at the data from China and the CDC. So in this whole desire for lasting weight loss, we've talked about how it's not just about fitting into the clothes, right? It, and the why can be around wanting to be the best version of yourself that you can be and be able to do the things that you wanna do so that you can live the life you want. So clearly, being healthy and strong is part of that. So if you're taking care of yourself, then you're doing a lot here to boost your immune system. So let's keep this in mind and not lose sight of the big picture. All right. So for today's episode, we are going to be talking about when to eat and when to stop eating. And this ties directly to the hunger scale. So when I get the question, when do I eat, or when's the best time to eat, my answer is when you're hungry. And then really the second part of that question needs to be, well, when do I stop eating? And that's when you're no longer hungry, or when you're full, when you've had enough. So when I talk about the hunger scale, I want you to imagine it going from a minus 10 to a plus 10. At a minus 10, you are starving, right? You're a little shaky, you might be lightheaded and you basically wanna eat the first thing that you see. When you're at a zero, you're neither hungry nor full. You're just neutral. Then when you're at a plus 10, you are really stuffed, right? You're uncomfortable. It's beyond like unbuttoning your pants. You basically want to be carted out in a wheelbarrow. Just roll me out the door. So when we were talking about touching our faces as a habit, well, eating is definitely also a habit. So again, we talk about the trigger, or the cue. So that could be the time of day. Oh, it's time to eat. I would consider asking yourself instead, am I hungry? Yes, it is time to eat. But am I hungry? And if you're not, then that's something to explore is to either change when you start eating, or Eat less for breakfast so that by the time lunchtime rolls around, you actually are a little hungry. And if you aren't hungry, then guess what? You really can choose not to eat at that time. So if it's a location, so the sight of a restaurant or the smell that's triggering that habit or desire to eat. So if you're traveling and maybe you walk past a restaurant In the food court or on your way to the gate, (laughs) right? Then again, you're gonna want to ask yourself, Am I hungry? If the cue is a situation that's created some stress, and so your habit is to eat when you're stressed or eat when you're bored, then again. If you can recognize that and become aware of it, then the next step would be to figure out a different routine in reaction to that stress eating. So instead of eating, you could potentially go for a walk. You could find someone to talk to. You could sit and journal for a while. You could go for a workout. You could meditate for 10 minutes or even just take three deep breaths. There's a whole bunch of different things that you could do in response to stress than actually eat. But of course, any habit has a reward. So just like the habit of touching our face, if our nose is a little itchy and we go and we rub it, then the itch can go away. That's the reward. If you are eating to feel better, then the dopamine hit that you get from eating will help you feel better. But that's a temporary fix that actually didn't solve the problem. So the actions that I just suggested are non-food-based rewards and potentially much more effective ways to deal with the stress or whatever that emotion is that you're using food or maybe alcohol to address. So if you've had a stressful day at work and you come home and you have a glass of wine to unwind, if you instead sat down and journaled for 10 minutes and processed through some of those emotions, that's potentially a much more effective strategy for dealing with the situation and long-term will move you closer and closer toward your goal, especially if that one glass turns into two or three or an entire bottle. Keep in mind, we've already done several tequila shots for touching our face, right? <laughs> All right. So again, this is about when to eat. So we want to eat not out of habit, but we want to eat when we're hungry. And then the other half of this is to recognize when we want to stop eating. And that's really about, again, being aware of your body and what it's telling you. So referring back to the hunger scale, what we want to do is really stay in a range between a minus four and a plus four. So at a minus four, you're hungry, but it's really not an emergency and you would really like to eat sooner rather than later. If you go for a minus two, that's where you're starting to notice that you're getting hungry. And when you're at a plus two, then the hunger has gone and you could still run around the block. Whereas at a plus four, the hunger is definitely gone and you feel a comfortable fullness. So you couldn't run around the block, but you could definitely walk around the block. So if you're going for a minus four to a plus four, that usually translates into three meals a day. If you're going for a minus three to a plus three, then we're talking usually about three smaller meals and then two snacks. And then if you're a fan of the five or six small meals, then we're really doing a minus two to a plus two. But the key here is awareness and actually paying attention to what your body is telling you. So the word enough comes to mind. If you stop eating when you're no longer hungry and staying full, I talked about last time, is making sure that what you're eating has enough fiber. So you're telling your stomach, right? It fills up your tummy and having enough fat, which then tells your brain that you're full. And it actually does also change how the food is digested in your system. Okay. So what we want to do is get in touch with those body sensations. And this is something I assure you that you know how to do because all you have to do is look at what babies do. And we were all one of those at one point. Right. So. Babies know when they're hungry and they know when they're full and trying to get a baby to nurse, for example, when they're full is pretty much an exercise in futility. They're ready to go to sleep usually when they're full. So that's all you really need to do is become aware of what that feels like and then stop. Easy peasy, right? Okay, okay. I understand that maybe not so much. So how do we retrain our body and our brain to recognize when we're full? Here are some tips. If you belong to the Clean Plate Club, that's where whatever's on your plate, you got to eat it all because someone is starving, right? (laughs) Um, whether it's in Africa or I think in Crazy Rich Asians, did they talk about the kids starving in America? <laughs> All right, so if you belong to that clean plate club, there's a couple of things here that you can do. The easiest thing is to get a smaller plate. If you look at plate sizes in restaurants, They're likely 20% bigger now than they were just 20 years ago. So start with a smaller plate. Instead of a 12-inch plate, maybe get an eight-inch plate. And you wanna start off by eating your veggies and some lean protein. So you might start off with a salad, for example. You can make that as a little rule for yourself that I'm always going to start off with a plate of vegetables. And then once you clean that plate, then you can shift over to some of the starchier foods. Now, if that idea doesn't appeal to you, then you would want to try splitting your plate into three sections. So have half the plate be veggies and fruit, a quarter of your plate, be the protein, and then another quarter, be grains. So the starchier foods, all right? So either one of those could work. Another option is to take your original plate of food. So there is also this idea, especially when you're really just starting to work on the awareness, is to actually put all the food that you plan on eating on your plate. Or if you're in a restaurant, then obviously it's whatever plate of food you're served. So in either case, you could try dividing it in half. So you eat half and then you take a little break and you ask yourself, have I had enough? And no one says that you can't keep eating, <laughs> right? We just want to build in a little break where we check in, see how our body is feeling. And you can always go back and finish. If you're at home, you can, okay, I'm full now. So you put the plate away. And if you're hungry later, you can always go back and eat some more. So we do not want to trigger that state of scarcity. We want to make sure that this is really about, I've had enough, I'm good. That's the thought process that we really wanna trigger. So again, this is all about increasing your awareness and giving yourself the opportunity to pause and to observe how you're feeling. All right, so there's a few other tips I can give you One is in order to slow down the eating process. So I know a lot of folks tend to eat pretty fast would be to just focus on chewing your food 20 to 30 times. It actually will help with your digestion process as well as slowing you down. So You could also try putting your fork or your chopsticks or whatever other eating utensil you might be using. Put that down in between each bite. A lot of times if you're eating with other people, that will obviously slow down the process because you're having conversation as well. Make sure that you're hydrating so that your body doesn't confuse hunger and thirst. And then... If you're someone who actually has a hard time eating when you're hungry, maybe you have the kind of job where you're really not in control of your schedule. So I can think of physicians and nurses as falling into that category. A lot of times even in technology, right? When I was working in in high tech you would end up with back-to-back meetings. So sometimes you just, it's not that easy. In that case, one thing you can also do is to actually have snacks prepared in advance that you can bring with you so that when you do get hungry, you can eat those so that you aren't starving or you're at a minus five, six, seven before you start eating. Because if you skip... So for example, if you're someone who normally skips breakfast, then if you have a late lunch, chances are you're really hungry by that time. If you skipped both breakfast and lunch and are only having dinner, then it's highly likely that you're inhaling your food at that point because you're so hungry. And starchier foods are going to taste really good when you're that hungry. So again, if you even just start with the veggies and protein and then build in some kind of pause for yourself, that's going to make a huge difference. And from your energy perspective, I would definitely recommend that you try to eat a bit more often than that. When you're only having one meal a day, your energy level will be going down throughout the course of the day as you run lower and lower on fuel. And we're not going to be performing at an optimal level if that's how we're eating. So we've covered so far two out of the three basics when it comes to weight loss. So the first was the learning cycle method where we're combining the learning cycle and the abundance principle. The second is the hunger scale, which is what we're talking about in this episode. And then the third part, which I touched on briefly, was what I call one day at a time. And that is to actually plan out what you're going to be eating the next day. And focusing on making really small changes. So that's what we're going to focus on in the next episode. So I will wrap things up today with a quote by Jim Watkins A river cuts through rock not because of its power, but because of its persistence. You've been listening to the happy and healthy podcast with Amy Lang. If you enjoy today's episode, by all means, hit the subscribe button. Now, if you're ready to get started, visit my website, moxieclub.com. That's M O X I E hyphen C L U B.com and sign up for my free three day course. And remember, Making your choices when you're in a state of abundance is where the magic happens.